Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. And there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 109 of the No Encore Music Podcast. Back at it once again, and it's Friday. It is. Well, it is. Yeah, really I've got that know. Friday feeling. I hope so. Even though it's Thursday when we record, that's how it works. So we're going to get straight <laughs> so into the episode. Uh, not much in the preamble. Did any of you guys watch Coachella at the weekend when Beyonce no. became the most overrated act of all time? Yeah, what was the, like, I didn't see any of it, but I saw lots of headlines and write up saying it was a seminal moment, a well, historic she's thing. The she's the greatest art living artist of the moment. It or? was a good performance. Okay, it was a very good performance. But like, fuck me, the hyperbole. I mean, was there anything out of the ordinary, or was was it just a powerhouse performance, or was there a lot going on? She brought back Destiny's which she's done before she had a marching band which she's done before Jay-Z was there which she's done before I mean it was a great performance and she's she's an excellent performer but like to to ignite these weird debates about how she's like the greatest of all time was the greatest performance of all time and to do it with such kind of like a real lack of focus and a real lack of like I I suppose respect for the past I guess people do that all the time though I know I mean like to be fair I mean like we're going to talk about the album next week uh, but Maynard James Keenan on the Perfect Circle album which is out as of this podcast dropping does have many many on the nose lines about uh, modern culture but he's got one line that I quite liked in which he described addicts of the immediate and that's what we are now I suppose and that means that you live in this kind of hyperbole chaos Man City are the greatest team of all Everything, everything, it, like it, yeah, is like a twenty-four hour, if that, yeah, fucking fallout, and then it's like boxed away, and then like that's it. But I'm like, yeah. like Beyonce, of course, attracts a certain kind of fan, as we know, and by that I mean really kind of uh, devoted and determined and uh, worshippers, really. Which is, I mean, like yeah. it's it's great, and we all we like Beyonce at this table. But Jesus Christ, it was very good. It was a genuinely excellent performance, maybe one of the best of all time, but yeah. not the best of all time. Yeah, it should, be, it, should, it should be said that if there are two things that really annoy me, it's kind of like just a spectacularly devoted fandom where you just keep going back to that same artist again and again and again and also then just that need for immediacy that kind of like thought out long-term projects are flatly rejected and just any old thing that's just quickly delivered is just going to be embraced so easily it's time for craig on kanye attention everyone one one shut up craig on kanye Yeah, quite the segue there, Colm. I actually, hold on. 
I've got breaking news. I actually do. Okay. At Kanye West, we are here to discuss the fact that Kanye has made his glorious return to Twitter. Um, the latest, um, as we're recording, is him saying, my album is seven songs. Good. So, okay. yeah. Great. You know, it's <laughs> it's so happy. Fuck yeah, the Post Malone album is 18 songs. Not that I'm like, particularly looking forward to the Post Malone album, but I'm like, for the love of God. But to yeah. be fair as well, Breath. now, it, the last time that I can remember an album being quite or a tweet should I say from Kanye being quite that direct was um it's called Swish so, <laughs> yeah we're very know. we're very much returning to that period where um the tweets are coming thick and fast and he's very much embracing Dave's uh, minimalism because there was talk um earlier in the week that he would be writing his philosophy book um we learned later in the week that the philosophy book was a living philosophy book that he is writing on Twitter in real time as thoughts come to him um <laughs> As always with Kanye, there's been some great words of wisdom there where he talks about, you know, never letting your kind of authenticity, um, you know, be corrupted by trying to get approval from people. And he talked a lot about originality being overrated and just, you know, take stuff and update it. And that's how true genius works, which are fair points. And then there's been a lot of stuff around it, which is just Kanye thinking out loud. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's great to have him back. It's what Twitter is for, guys. <laughs> is it? <laughs> For me, it just seems to be getting angry at people. People are very excited, though. One song a day at Hanready Dave. That's where you'll find my own (laughs) musings, my own stream of consciousness. (laughs) Christ. All right. Hold on. Was this Craig and Kanye just a a very, very cheap way of plugging your Twitter handle? Cullum, I believe you're ready to go to the next story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kendrick Lamar, another one of Ralph's heavyweights in the news this week. Um, Pulitzer Prize winner, Kendrick Lamar. Congratulations. Well done. Yes. Well done, Kendrick. I ordered the album 7 out of 10 on the podcast, and I'm glad to see it's been reflected by much more sterner judges yeah, with bigger, mad. more prestigious uh, robes, I suppose. To be fair, I think it's fair to say that you came around on that album I over did. time. It's, it's excellent. Especially seeing yeah. it live. It's excellent. Um, it has, yeah, be- become basically like the first, I guess, what, what would you call it? Well, Contemporary? Uh, yes, for the longest time it was purely um, kind of nods to classical and I think there's been three um, winners from the jazz genre which That's was right, them yeah, very much opening it up. Well, it was um, 2004 they yeah. opened it up to jazz, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean... Oh, sorry, to, to contemporary music. I think music, a lot of people say, didn't realise we're saying it was the Pulitzer Prize for music. But it has yeah. been around for quite some well, time. No, yeah, and like, I mean, Bob Dylan got a sort of a special commendation thing. Which he uh, probably didn't turn up to <laughs> receive, oh, yeah, I'm course. guessing. Uh, I, I think, like, Thelonious Monk, I won John Coltrane. I think Hank Williams is the only other non-jazz Can musician we- to have any sort of recognition whatsoever. And Kendrick's album is obviously the first non-jazz, non-classical one to be recognised. Yeah. Um, well, they, pulled like, they clearly they never thought about it before. They, they they literally said like oh like you know we were discussing an album that had hip hop influences, and then we thought well if we're discussing hip hop influences, why not just hip hop? And then we all listen to Tam. That feels like a very very obvious breakthrough, doesn't it? It's just like I don't know. It, oh, it does. I, yeah. Now, like after the fact, it does seem very obvious. Yeah. Like how cynical are you of this? I guess I'm saying. quite cynical. I think this is just a bid for a bit of you know relevancy. No, does it not seem like quite a thing of just like okay, nobody realizes the Pulitzer Prize for like, music I mean, exists. A, a little bit. Like I mean, is it a bid for relevance? Yeah. Like probably a little bit. But like you know, they didn't give it to Bruno Mars. This is very true. Yeah. And, like you know. <laughs> I mean, if anyone deserves it at the moment, and you know, not yeah, just well, for like, I mean, like R- Ronan Farrow isn't going to be presented as award, but like the yodeling Walmart kid I would like and to, one of the Kardashians, I would like, like to you know, point it's out, not though, that desperate. Just yeah. to point out, Cullen wasn't even paraphrasing. Craig, give us the bottom of the exact quote there. And then someone said, "We should be considering Kendrick Lamar," and the group said, "Absolutely." So then, right then, they decided to listen to the entire album and decided, this is it. I mean, <laughs> like, it does speak to a strange process. I mean, you're not going to get it at the Choice Music Prize, for example, which, yeah, which yeah. we've all done. No. Uh, yeah. Like, it's a great win. It's an excellent moment. It's a zeitgeist moment, for yeah. sure. And I think it's deserving. But, I mean, come on, guys. Put a bit more back into it. Yeah, it should be. I mean, like, put it this way. There is a chance that they've just got really lucky. Because, like you say, it's a deserving album. I, I said in our end-of-year review, actually, something that they've sort of echoed over the like in discussing this record, in saying that like it's a time capsule album. It's one of those that you can literally just put in a box, or in this case, kind of put in on some sort of like honours list. Yeah. And in 30, 40, 50 years' time, you'll look back and go, yeah, that was 2017. 
Uh, yeah, and also, you know, aside from the artistic merits of the music and the technical skill involved, I mean, they say it in their quote themselves, you know, capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. Um, it is that zeitgeist thing. It speaks to a lot of kind of social issues and things, um, which you probably couldn't say f- about a lot of the kind of classical stuff they were dishing out at gongs to for the longest time when, you know, at this point we realise pop music um, in all of its various, various guises is an art form and it's a lot more important to to the culture in general than, you know, some of this stuffy stuff. There, I said it, yeah? Do you mean like... Smash the, the system! Do you mean like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? <laughs> Surely Is not. Is that what you mean? No, no, uh, yeah, sorry, no, yeah, quickly. If, if, like, if we're going to talk about, like, a, a desperate attempt at relevance or at a sort of, like... Like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now is allowing songs in. Now, granted, they haven't gone very modern here. Um, Steppenwolf from Born to Be Wild, Procol Harum's A Wider Shade of Pale, The Kingsman Louie Louie, uh, Chubby Checkers' The Twist, Link Ray and Ray's Men are Ray Men's Rumble, and Jackie Breston and Delta Cat's Rocket 88. Rumble is first. a fucking belter. Clown, no, look, they're all clown, belters. Clown. But, like, I love, like, it was poor old little Stevie Van Zandt had to um, <laughs> induct these and said like you know this is recognition of the excellence of singles that shape rock and roll um by artists not in the rock hall which is not to say they'll never be in the rock hall they're just not there at the moment and you're like oh fuck off pull the other one mate and is that a stipulation yeah absolutely oh my god and so you're and basically saying well listen they had their little moments it, <laughs> oh listen i am waiting for the new radicals and len to be in the <laughs> class of 2019 what would be wrong with that well, nothing, but, like, they're just two one-hit wonders waiting to be put in there, surely, Get a right? Brand Van 3000 in there, I think. Yeah, I'm oh, down with that. Yeah, 100%. That's a <laughs> seminal moment. Give a Pulitzer Prize to that, retrospectively, <laughs> seriously. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, though, it's this, like, th- institution in Cleveland. What is the basis for their, kind of, authority? Cleveland what? Rocks, I believe. I've heard, okay, uh, yeah. I've heard that. I'm glad we've cleared that up. Someone once said... Uh, I mean, who knows? Like, well, I mean, it's clear the musicians themselves are starting to call it into question when you look at the goings on from last weekend's ceremony. Uh, Mark did you? Knopfler. Did you look at the goings on? Did any of us actually? God, no. Yeah, no. like go outside of the text that I supplied for this. Because like, <laughs> like, no, no, I didn't. No, I, mean, like, I, didn't, I didn't press play on a video. I didn't fucking go beyond. I'd come across a little bit of it online, but like it was genuinely. I had come across it like while I was looking for other things. Uh. Yeah, it's been a bit of a weird standoff. It's like it's very passive aggressive what went on. Uh, Mark Knopfler kind of refused to recognise the ceremony, so that meant that dire straits who were being inducted didn't really get any of the, you know, razzmatazz that the other inductees would be getting. Um, Well, like, none of it. Like, as in an intro. Yeah. So, they're in, but... What, like so, they're they're on the printout. Like they're they're in the <laughs> they're in the program, but there was just no mention whatsoever. The first band in the history of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to not have an induction speaker introduce them at the ceremony. I mean, you know, it's historic. Well done. It should be said that like Mark Knopfler, by all accounts, just like I mean, you said you know that he didn't acknowledge, but I mean, like he refused to acknowledge in the sense that like <laughs> there was somebody next to him poking him incessantly, going Mark, 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 and he didn't turn around. Like he. He hasn't actually mentioned it in any shape or form. Like, not even, like, Dylan saying... I'm glad with the whole Nobel Prize, but I'm not going to go do the speech yet. Yeah. I'm, like, He's I, just a nut. You know how big Dire Straits were? Particularly, you know, when they broke through on MTV, they played everywhere in the yeah. States. I'd say he's been to Cleveland and he doesn't think it rocks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a fair enough thing. Are you aware of this thing um, called the Walk of Life Project? Which is some bloke uh, did a thing a couple of years ago. That's how it goes. Uh, he did a thing a couple of years ago where he puts the walk of life over the endings of famous movies. Okay, right, yeah. So it's like the last year of the Blair Witch sure, Project, okay. uh, the end of the Matrix, Seven, and so on. And it's strangely compelling. You know, fair play. So still, still making history in many different ways. Uh, in terms of the Rock and Hall of Fame, in terms of like you know, like the, we didn't really get a lot of proper. I, I know the Mark and Offer thing was very like passive aggressive or yeah. outright aggressive, if you want to look at it that way. <laughs> But there was no fun feud. There was no fun beef this year. However, <laughs> you don't have to look too far, lads. You, you all you got to do is go far from the Rock and Roll Hall. Of Fame. You, just take a take a left turn. For now, take a left turn down New Metal Drive as Dave brings you back to it's uh, two thousand one. I want to say when I paid twenty three. Well, I- certainly. Oh it's yeah. Been a while. I paid twenty three Irish pounds for the import edition in HMV that is no longer in Dublin uh, for Stain's album Break the Cycle because I was quite taken with this 
many ways, I'm still on the outside. Um, it is the real motherfucking deal, y'all. I'm still looking in, still feeling those lighters. Sustained uh, came to prominence largely because Fred Durst endorsed Aaron <laughs> Lewis, the singer, on the Family Values tour with that, co- with that cover, that version of Outside. It is a stained song. They'd actually been a going concern for quite a while. Um, that was like their third album, I believe. But it was one that broke through, brought them to like mainstream success. They were pretty big for a time, and they still, I guess, have a bit of a career. Aaron Lewis kind of has his own thing going on as well. He's gone, the guy. Co- yeah, he's, he's gone very America. Yeah. He is. That's the, he's found his niche. And do you know what? If I was in his position, that's the angle I'd take. That's where the money is. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it cynical. It is. But well, he's a smart man. Uh, but he's a smart man who's made an enemy of you know paint. Wes Borland, paint friendly guitarist Wes Borland of Limp Bizkit. Who appeared on a podcast? You know, you're welcome on any time, Wes. Yeah. You know, only in the makeup though, <laughs> for for this audio medium. Yeah. So yeah, um, how, how to even sum this up? I mean, basically, Borland was basically taking shots like, at him. Essentially, no, like they, no, they he met told at an airport. Story. There's, there, there's yeah. not even like there's, there's nothing to sum up here. And what's more, like there's not even as as the writer of, of whoever I think is this from Noisy or uh, AV Club. I'm just trying to guess by their <laughs> writing style, to be perfect. Stereo gum. Stereo, Stereo gum. gum. Okay. Um, it's quite snarky for Stereo gum. But, uh, They're pretty snarky. They've, um, they've basically pointed out, like, both sides of this are telling the exact same story. They just... Verbatim. It's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Basically, they ran into each other in an airport. I think Borland was on a golf cart. Um, and and and, and where's that detail? That because was the, I love it. That was the one detail that actually doesn't link. Yeah, and Aaron, <laughs> Aaron Lewis wasn't. And he's like, "Yo, where are you off to?" And Borland goes, "I'm going home, going to LA." And your man's like, "You're from Jacksonville, man. Remember that?" Y- yeah, and that was it. You're a real Th- that's person. All. That's you're all. Not, you're a real person. You're not the plastic fucked up people that live in fucking Los Angeles. I mean, look, like this all comes down to. Your man being like, oh, fame shouldn't change you, man. And Wes Borland just being like, well, I can just buy a nicer house. But again, this is the angle. This is the angle he's working. It's all like, you know, grassroots, uh, you know, Heartland America, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. No, it, it is. Plus as well, I mean, like, look... If I have one word of advice to people out there, just from stuff that I've written, and, like, I've actually genuinely... When I was in college, I did, like, study on this, and, like, you know people getting like financially ripped off and stuff let fame change you okay if you get rich and you get famous don't hang out with the same people as before seriously move house get new friends get new lawyers that's the only way you can protect yourself Craig do you feel a little bit threatened I feel a little bit yeah, threatened yeah yeah he was about to start banging on uh, the table I feel, I, feel like our, I feel like our dynamic might change <laughs> I like how Wes Borland kind of sums up after Aaron Lewis talked at him he goes I just went fuck you man and I never talked to him again after that <laughs> um, so on the podcast yeah Borland said he's such a dickhead so full of himself I wish nothing but the worst for him Amen. I could not believe the audacity and the pretentiousness, especially for someone who acts like they're like a country boy now and they're from Illinois. The angle. Anyway, (laughs) disgusting person. (laughs) No thanks. Peace. I have no problem talking shit about him. He's terrible. So Aaron Lewis went on a rant, giving out about all this kind of, you know, don't forget where you come from thing to a Las Vegas audience who couldn't possibly care. Wes Borland, who I love dearly, he said. I love that (laughs) proviso. It's still all G, man. It's still all G. Who obviously has some fucking things to say about me fuck that motherfucker oh god yeah just ridiculous nonsense i know i mean like as dave higgins friend of the show said it's like your parents fighting (laughs) it's really not (laughs) no 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 well you know certain kind of life we were going to mention uh real quick we're going to mention the father john misty is bringing out but uh something went wrong yeah Yeah. i I bad apple music leaking the album (laughs) that's a big snafu isn't it? it it is and i mean it, are we believing it? Oh, do you think that it was that it's kind actually of intentional? Yeah. Well, I, you know, could it be a stunt? Yeah, good old Josh has kind of got into the spirit of things, uh, seemingly by yeah. you know memeing himself as he's wont to do, and like he's you know he's very upset that the album's leaked a month early, or is he? Because the album cover I don't lends itself to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's, I, people, I, who, I, I, there's people who would work for that record label being like, oh, really. Like, yeah. really? Like, this is my job now? Yeah. Come on. No, I reckon it is. Okay. I think it was a mistake. It happens. Yeah, every I now think and then. it is a mistake. It's all very exciting. Yeah. And I don't think it will hurt the record whatsoever because I think people that want to buy it are going to buy it. It's just going to generate hype. Yeah, Everything I, I, that's being yeah. said out there is positive yeah. and we're all very excited. Yeah, it's called God's Favorite Customer. It comes out the 1st of June and we will be discussing it in depth around that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Um, finally, just a quick update because it is no encore spirit story, basically. Um, <laughs> The Fire Festival is getting TV treatment soon. Um, 
<laughs> there will actually be a TV series um, set to air in 2019. Um, it's documentary style, but uh, it's got errors and never seen before footage. And it's got a lot of, I guess, the investigative stuff as well here, like the footage, um, emails, recordings, leaked documents, a lot more. Um, Errors I've never seen before footage. Like it was some kind of heartland show that yeah. ran for 25 years. And as well, it should be pointed out that next week is, in fact, the anniversary oh, wow. of Fire Festival. What, oh, what are we going to do? I guess we're going to get, like, you know, two slices of processed cheese <laughs> on some bad wholemeal bread and an undressed salad in I, a Tupperware box. in some yeah, Irish yeah. island. Well, I was going to suggest you lock ourselves in a room with no water for a day or two and yeah it's a bit like celebrate this <laughs> um, just rip up 1500 quid I hope this docuseries has the footage of the marketing guy just being like fuck it let's just do it and be legends yeah, I can't wait for that <laughs> what a defence that will make yeah. when uh, yeah. when, it, when, when the district attorney is at him well I was going to say yeah when he's facing 40 years in jail for the counts of warrior fraud he's leaning into his, to. Uh, to his lawyer going should we plead the legends defence <laughs> <laughs> this is part of the show where we would normally do an album review but we're not doing that this week why is that we're not doing it because we had a very, very interesting conversation with De Laurentos, who are about to um, release their album, Into the World, um, which we're very much digging. It got in-depth. It was highly entertaining. We went off on different tange- tangents. Um, so we just felt, no, this is a proper standalone episode. It deserves its own little spin-off. That's right. And so rather than popping it in here, we will be releasing it this Monday. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Monday the 22nd uh, 23rd even 23rd you will be hearing uh, the episode with Kieran and Rowe from Delorentos when we will be discussing True Surrender in depth for now though we simply move straight into Songs of the Week Dave give me a number five number five hooray this is called Death Heaven and it's called Honeycomb Should I detect some 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 snobbery mm. from by, by by that? Uh, snobbery is not the word I'd necessarily okay, use. Here, he- no. Hesitance. Yeah. Uh, skepticism. Yes, very much. Is it because you don't like vocals that that, that scream every now and Dude, then? Dude, what the fuck is that? Have you never heard Death Heaven before? Oh, podcast debut. I know. You're, you're a big Death Heaven guy. Oh, right? big, big, yeah, yeah. Myself and Nina are considering it for first dance. Um, well, it's not like, as long. It's a bit, you know. Well, do you know is, what? I mean, if you're ever going to get into this genre which you are clearly not this is as good I think a gateway as you're going to get I actually and would, Death Heaven I, as I a absolutely bander, would yeah. agree there because yeah like the, the instrument like there's actually some and, and I say some because genuinely this track is at least three songs right I mean sure. it's 12 minutes and there's like, like I almost feel like describing it like a kind of a symphony or something like, I'm like you know the second movement <laughs> sounds a little more <laughs> indie but um but yeah like instrumentally this is great um I don't like the vocals and as well my god the double kick through the first two or three minutes <laughs> sounds like there's a helicopter above my apartment that won't go away but it is ridiculously like tuneful as well no and it's just In ge- I don't not know not the double kick oh no Every, but the, yeah but everything else no everything else yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Vo- vocals and double kick I can live with it everything else I'm actually down with here. yeah you've yeah. got that like that last that final third which is just completely blissed out and Death Heaven are a kind of band that's always managed to like make me smile <laughs> like just halfway through all of their stuff I'm just like yeah I'm really enjoying this I mean they're kind of they can sometimes veer on the side of almost like cheesiness you can hear the kind of like pastiching well, some things and been, introducing they've di- been yeah. kind of decried by some people with the tag of like hipster black sure, metal yeah, yeah, yeah. they're a mixture of kind of metal black metal and shoegaze and that kind of stuff and like to be fair the vocals can be a sticking point for a lot of people and not just your traditional I'm not into those kind of vocals like there are people who like would love Jacob Bannon from Converge or so and so 
but don't like this guy. Yeah. And to be fair, I can see that. However, I do like him. I think Def Heaven are an excellent band. They got a song called The Peak and Tree, which is fucking amazing. And this is great. I'm big into this. I mean, I, I, look, as you guys know, I'm a bit of a soft mark, you know, for, for this kind of stuff. But I mean, it really does then capture... Then cycle by staying. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, you look up the word eclectic. Yeah. I, but with this, though, I mean, it's kind of like... This captures what I love so much about this kind of music, where, like, even before you get to that kind of second slash third act, which uh, musically is more like fucking a Jimmy World song than anything mm, else. Yep. It's very similar to, like, 23 and Stay On My Side Tonight and, and that kind of stuff by them, which, you know, is cool. Uh, but, like, I think even before you get there, like, like, this is the thing I love, the beauty. There is absolute beauty in this absolute chaos and aggression. It's there. It's like, it's broken, it's fractured, it's fraying, it's all of those things. It's like, it's corrosive in a way, and it's like breaking apart, but like, there's a there's a beautiful truth to it. There's a beautiful purity to it. It's just so engaging. It's so alive. Uh, it has that kind of visceral thing that I love about music, that, like, that, that moves me the most. It doesn't necessarily have to be this. Like There's lots of songs that sound wildly different to this in different genres that like just get inside you and like grab yeah. you and take you somewhere, and that's what this did. I mean, like, Pitchfork did note that, you know, it's more of the same from Death Heaven, but that's a good thing. And that's that sums it up for me. I've heard this before from them. You're going to hear it again from them. It's what they do. But as an encapsulation of what they're about, uh, I thought it was magnificent. And like 11, 11 and a half minutes, whatever it is, flew by. Flew by for me. Give me a number, Colm. Two. Okay. It is Nicki Minaj with a, a, a double from Nikki. Let's hear one right now. While I'm coming off the court fully drenched. Here goes some hater rain, get your thirst quenched. Style doing him in this bird very trench. These birds copy every word, every inch. But gang gang got the hammer and the wrench. I pull up in that quarter milli off the lot. Oh, now she trying to be friends like I forgot. Show off my diamonds like a sign by the rock. Ain't pushing out his baby's telly by the rock. Hey, yo, I've been on. You been con. Bentley tints on. Fendi prints on. I mean, I've been song. X-Men been song. He keep on dialing Nikki like the Prince song. I've been on. You been con. Bentley tints on. Fendi prints on. That was Chun-Li, which arrived along with Barbie Things. Um... Tings, rather. Yeah. Tings. No, no H. Don't over, <laughs> don't over enunciate, Craig. I speak no how I speak, all right? I'm going to judge you Don't for correct me. Um, yeah, very much a kind of back to basics return for Nicky. old. And I'm not talking like back to... This sounds old, like outdated old, right? Barbie Tings. Tings. In particular is, um, yeah, it would have sounded futuristic about eight years ago. Kind oh, of, man, <laughs> I think... Some of this stuff wouldn't have sounded futuristic 18 years ago. Like, like I mean, I thought it was really... Chun-Li, I thought, sounded... I thought I really liked the beat on Chun-Li so because I, it, it's very New York. It's very... It's like that boom-bop thing. It's... Yeah, I thought I thought it was effective in its minimalism. It had a bit of kind of Riz's menace. It was like if the Wu-Tang Clan got their hands on, like thrift shop or something yeah, but again, dude, <laughs> dude like when was the Wu-Tang Clan delivering good music I don't know was it 18 years ago what a time it was though yeah this is, this like, is, see, um, that's how far back we're going here like I mean this Bar- is the same Bar- producer Barry has those fucking like cowbelly oh, yeah. yokes from Funky Cole Medina oh well the kind of yeah the, the kind of futuristic Retro futuristic things of Barbie things doesn't quite do it for me, but I liked Chun Li and I liked Nikki's approach to these. By all accounts, it was very much just um, spontaneous. Got in there, got on the mic. I thought there's a lot of very quotable lines. In Can them. I float a theory here? Go ahead. I think Cardi B's put the shits up her. Okay, see, this is the thing. There's a thing going around now where like they have a feud allegedly. And yeah, and, and it, it, I've read about this. It, it started in the most innocuous of circumstances. Mm-hmm. That basically they were both recording with Migos, I think. And one rewrote another one's verse, which is a very com- no, which is a very common thing to do when you're recording a big song and you've been asked, like, they're just asking different people to lay down guest vocals. I know and, how it works. <laughs> and, then, and then, yeah, like, you know, people started kind of like, you know, throwing shit about that around the place. It seemed more like a conflict than it actually was, and then it kind of spiraled slowly. Yeah, yeah and like, this is the thing, like, there's a, there's a sentiment going around that, like, why the fuck are we pitting two women against each other when, which we, is true. Would, when we, which we wouldn't do, 
with two lads in the same kind of well, I mean to be fair I mean of course there are always they absolutely would it's, yeah, just, it's just why are you inventing shit out of nowhere exactly yeah. and I mean like, yeah I don't think it's inherently gender specific but it could be I yeah. mean to be fair like, like there's definitely an element of like, why can't we just celebrate both of them yeah um, like I mean, Park and Biggie <laughs> see there you <laughs> go R-I-B. see there you go um, but ultimately I like these and I particularly like Chun-Li and yeah like, Chun-Li's great whatever has inspired her whether it's something petty or whether it's something personal whether it's neither of those things and she just woke up one day and had this in her head and got it out cool mm. because this is a Nicki Minaj that I am interested in it's Nicki Minaj that I feel hasn't really been around no, since, her, since, since she kind of broke out on Monster by stealing that song with mm. that amazing verse which is still fantastic and I was like oh my god are we listening to the next big thing here and then she went in a more pop kind of direction and yeah. a more kind of whatever and like look I mean no one doubts what she can do it's just how she does it but this is definitely more on my range for I'm, sure I must say I've never been a huge fan of her though I can absolutely appreciate why you know whatever like Anaconda or Blazing or Starships or you know whatever kind of as you said the more pop direction like Super Bass I, I can see why they're popular I can see why they sell I don't see why this would work I, I what? I don't think this is particularly good uh, I think she's really sharp yeah she's, she's very she's an immensely talented rapper um, we I, know as Dave says like that she's got that in her locker and it's just effortless some of the lines are great I did think unfortunately she was for the first like five listens or so referencing Vince Vaughn which I was very excited about but I just misheard and it's a reference to X-Men being formed or something did you uh, like, but she does I, also I, reference like, Prince, I will Say that like I've heard a few things in the past week that are better than this. No. What have you been listening to? We'll, well talk about it later. Well, hang on, <laughs> before sure. before you do move on to something that may have uh, impressed Colin Moore, did you have a favourite line, Craig? I liked um, uh, her asking quite um, angrily for the Wi-Fi password. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I, I just moved with it. I, I, I thought she was really... She had a tremendous presence. And, you know, ultimately, yeah, it's superficial. But, like, she sells it very, very well. So, yeah, it was a, a surprising turn up of the books for uh, me. I need to maintain so fucking sci-fi. Give me the password to the fucking Wi-Fi. There you go. Couldn't say it better myself. Craig, number. Uh, number three, please, David. Okie doke, it's Kid Cudi, and he's back with a track from a big new film starring The Rock. The film's called Rampage. The song is called The Rage. There's Billy Corgan, our old friend, back friend of the show once again to bring his angst to the fore in a, a move. I must admit, I wasn't expecting to happen when I listened to this song for the nope. first time. For it to sample "Bullet from Butterfly Wings" and to do it in such a kind of strange way, uh, I don't know about this one. I saw a Rampage though. If we want to turn this into our wrestling corner segment sure. for the week, I mean Billy Corgan, a wrestling corner. Yeah. I'm down with that. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Okay. okay let, let's let's wrestling corner it up. Uh, <laughs> Rampage is a perfectly fun trash movie. Uh, as video game movies go, it's quite good, I suppose. It's a three out of five at a push. I, the Rock's charisma carries it through, as does Jeffrey Dean Morgan's, who was quite a nice surprise in the film. Does he play the gorilla? No, he doesn't. He plays a secret agent who's into cowboy things, right. and I feel like all of that were choices by the actor. So I went to see the film, right? And I, because if you guys have seen the trailer, you'll know that the gorilla in the film is The Rock's friend. Yeah. yeah. And he's called George. George. And you know this because in the trailer, Rock says George like six times. And I was like, how many times is he going to say that in the movie? And I went, you know what? I'm going to keep a running count. Uh And I did. Do you guys know? Or like, do you want to guess? 50. I'm going to go with 136. 52 is the correct answer. Well done, Cullum. Could have done with a bit more George, to be quite honest. But but it was was difficult, though, because there's one point where, like, The Rock literally goes, George, 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 George! And I was like, oh my god, I I can't. Like, if you take a drinking game, you're like, you're done. Uh, As trash popcorn movies go, perfect entertaining. I've got to say, I've never wanted to see a film less. Like, it it was what it was, Video game movie, no. (laughs) CGI fucking animal, no. The Rock... What's wrong with Rock? Eh. He's America's sweetheart. I'm dubious of a lot of his roles at best. I love the bloke. Well, he wasn't part of the Andre the Giant documentary. Did you watch that? I did watch that, yeah. What did you think? It was sad. Did you cry? No. I teared up at the end. Soft. 
It was very emotional. Did they talk about him getting that wagon with Samuel Beckett? No, because no. it's not a true story. Oh, damn what? Don't but ruin this for me. That myth has been busted. And in fact, it was recently uh, myth busted on uh, the Second Captain's podcast. They right. did an episode on it. And uh, shouts to them, by the way. I did a feature on them at the weekend yeah. on Joe and got a lot of nice feedback about it. Thanks for your time. Thanks for all that kind of stuff. Thanks for reading it. It looks great as well. Hold on. Uh, is this Songs of the Week section just no, an jo- excuse to... plug. <laughs> I just want to know. I just want to note that on the Andre doc, I thought uh, Tim White, who was his friend at yeah. the end when he kind of broke, that was that's what got me. Because okay. that was real emotion in the strange world of wrestling. To bring it back to music very briefly. Kid uh, Cudi <laughs> and, ra- and the rage. Well, yes. no, what I was going to say is that WWE uh, released a video during the week of uh, superstars <laughs> m- lip syncing to a song called The Best of Both Worlds to advertise that pay-per-views are now a uh, dual brand. Wow. And the fact that it wasn't a cover of the Hannah Montana oh, song right. was really annoying. Uh, and just to bring it back to music permanently, yeah. um, Kid Cudi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what do we think of this? I don't um, like it at all. This is it's a cash sure. grab. What I love about Cuddy is his winning way with melody, which he can't really flex here because it's just like the sample is the chorus. And what's more, though, like they've they managed to throw the chorus in after this soporific bridge that takes any sense of momentum or, ironically, rage out of the song completely it's it's very clumsy um uh, rap rock has a you know checkered history um i don't think billy corgan's voice works shorn of the context of smashing pumpkins or that genre yeah uh, it's a very ill fit for something approaching hip-hop um Cuddy's approach is fine i like his um intensity and stuff i mean the verses aren't hugely memorable it's um it's good to have him back as always but yeah no this was a failed experiment for me the one thing that's going to hold it together is if you have some sense of energy that flows through the track and that isn't there it's a bit lumping or something isn't it yeah and like i say it's that bridge just sucks so much life out of it that the chorus hits and you're just like this isn't even a shift in dynamics this is a complete just like whiplash effect basically yeah um yeah very disappointing but frankly then you think like well did it work on paper either no i don't think it did i think this might have just been a an unfortunate experiment from where it go two songs left uh one of them is kind of an experiment i suppose it's the return of florence and the machine and not quite with the dynamic drum heavy song that you might expect this is called sky full of song Take me down, I'm too tired now I was very nervous when I saw the title <laughs> Sky Full of Song Florence is back I was just like oh god she's gonna be <laughs> belting it out to the back rows um, very restrained thankfully um, as her material goes I quite enjoyed this um, I liked the kind of back, background harmonies um, I thought that muted bass running throughout it was effective um, I thought Lyrically, there's something kind of interesting going on in the, you know, weary, jaded thing. And I like that there was no big explosion at the end. And an exercise in restraint that I enjoyed, yeah. Yeah, I'm down with the restraint because I do think that she does go a bit overboard in general. Um, I, I mean, I'm, t- I'm just not convinced that there's an awful lot there. Like, I fully agree with you that, you know, like some of the harmonies are nice and so on and so forth. But lyrically, I'm... I'm really not sure that even if you untangle the mysteries, there's great reward there, you know? Mm. It felt a bit meh to me. I think her fans will love it because she has those that diehard following, like. But, and yeah, I, I worried at the start as well because I was just like, is she going full Shannos here, like? But there's a touch, yeah. There's a real, there's a real of touch of that, actually. There. I was thinking, yeah, it was reminding me of some, like, old Irish folk songs, yeah. all right, um... 
which probably says yeah, the melody is quite strong. It's it's not bad. Dave, what do you reckon? I thought it was good. Yeah, I, I find Florence can be a bit overwhelming. It's a bit of a bludgeoning uh, the more you listen to it. But there are some excellent songs, particularly on the first album. She's clearly a talent. I have joked before that when she headlined Glastonbury, I was like, it was very brave of her to play one long song. Yeah. Uh, but this, yeah, this kind of wrong-footed me in a good way. I don't think it's particularly, like, I don't know, like it's not terribly memorable. Can I, uh, just, just because this is a short episode... I, I, like, I'm normally the one who's like, you know, lads, come on, like, we'll hurry up and get out of here. Yeah. But um, we haven't actually quoted from Alexa Chung on the podcast yet, have we? <laughs> I think this will be a first, yes. I did not it's, know where you're going, but go on. It's, well, it, it, it's rare that I think of this, <laughs> yeah. but this is perhaps the greatest journalism ever. Uh, this is Alexa Chung reflecting on uh, one day in London. The other day I bumped into Florence, Welsh, and Daisy low, who was staying at the Barry Hotel. It was Sunday, and I had to file copy the next day, so I had my laptop with me. We go up to their room, and Florence starts singing and draping scarves over lamps. Davy strips off to her matching underwear, and I'm wrapped up in jumpers, smoking a cigarette with a laptop. None of us were hanging out. We were just being us. I'm trying to get more work in, overachieving. Daisy is floating around being sexy. And Florence is just singing away. A reminder, folks, that you do not want to ever meet any of these people. You said not to let fame change you. Yeah. <laughs> and now listen to you. Well, Florence just draping <laughs> scarves over lamps. Is that what she did while she was working fucking down the corner? That job, sounds so? dangerous as well. Oh, doesn't fire it? hazard, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, who could possibly know? While we're on detours, uh, can we go back into Craig on Kanye for a second? Oh, is he tweeting more, is he? Hit the music. <laughs> Attention, everyone. One, one. My album is seven songs, June 1st, me and Cuddy album, June (laughs) 8th, it's called Kids See Ghost, that's the name of our group, that's the update, I'm sure you've all heard it. He's going up against Father John Missy. The, well, on the weekend of Forbidden releasing, Fruit, yeah, he's releasing two John, albums in space space of a week. Music. <laughs> right uh, Still one more song. By yeah. Come on, and, let's talk uh, about a German DJ. And you might say, you might say, Craig, it's the sound of the summer, 1998. <laughs> DJ Koze? Koze? Cozy. 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 Koze? Reminds me of... Uh, the song's called Pick Up. It reminds me of... Um, music, music sounds, sounds better, better with you. you. Yeah, absolutely. Baby. Yeah, yeah. Love it, does, it, it, it is. It absolutely is. So I thought we were going to stop singing after no the way. first line there, lads. Craig's like still going. It was Stardust. 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 Yeah, it was half Daft Punk. Not to be confused with Cody Rhodes' failed... Yeah, it was half Daft Punk, wasn't it? Supervillain alter ego. Great um, tune. And I like this quite a bit. It does sound like it should have been on top three hits, though, in the dance section with no oh, official yeah, sure. video. It's the more downer version of that song. It's like, the music will sound worse without you. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. called... Oh, yeah, it's got, yeah, a fucking depressing glass night sample <laughs> over the top. Like, Do you know what? It's, it's I, no Midnight Train to Georgia. <laughs> I kind of like, like that, though, because A, not only does it like embrace the fact that this sounds like a song from 20 years, years ago but it like drags the retro back even further and because of that like i don't know there's a jay dilla vibe off this or something oh, isn't yeah. there yeah no i really like it it's it's um it's very addictive it goes down easy um easy to stick on repeat uh shades of kind of very early daft punk as well maybe um i like that kind of bit of guitar running throughout it it's just yeah yeah um nice sample this time really well worked i like the repetition um, reminds me a bit of <laughs> Dead Nebs' best stuff. Sound of the summer, guys. Fun, immediate, <laughs> catchy. Look out for it, all of your local news agents. And we'll see what happens with uh, with DJ Koza. Maybe he'll have a great career. What else could you listen to this week, boys? Um, 
Like I would just admit Like we've all listened to Father John Misty I'm outing us What? Oh um, <laughs> I've listened to two songs That were officially released okay, Through yeah. his legitimate channel. I, I went back through the single He put out in February <laughs> Legitimately and officially That's correct yes yeah, I did more of the Cardi B album Which I must say I'm, I'm coming around to a bit I'm, I'm not convinced That she has an awful lot to say But She's a heck of a rapper and point of everything podcast called you out this week about that yeah it didn't even tag me but I talked to him about that he said it was an 8.7 um, it's not but uh, but it is a good album um, take that rival podcast it was on kind of like reading about the kind of Nicki Minaj uh, feud and stuff like that um, I went back Cupcake released a decent record <laughs> I wouldn't have expected it after she scared me doing the big shop that time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You know, you got to make an impression somehow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that's about all I've listened to this week. I've been listening to a few different things. Uh, definitely not legally listening to Father John Misty. Oh, no. That no, did not no. happen uh, and won't happen until June the 1st. I'm uh, sure it sounds <laughs> great, though. <laughs> I've been listening to uh, Isolation, which is a debut album by Colombian-American artist Callie Uchis, and that's how it's pronounced. Yeah. Sure. Uh, really good album. Uh, she sounds almost like she was taken from a different era and, like, parachuted into 2018. Sounds like uh, almost the kind of thing that, like, you know, you'd expect to find in, like, um, Mulholland Drive or something like yeah. Justin, Justin Throw is being forced to cast her in this movie <laughs> and use all of her songs but they're really really good uh, Damon Albarn pops up halfway through inexplicably and very interestingly um, yeah it's kind of like like it's hard to sounds like something you totally do it's, it's, it's so hard to categorize uh, but she's really good uh, the beats are great Soundwave uh, works in it as well as does yeah. uh, Two Inch Punch as well yeah. there's a lot going on uh, too many tracks though of course 15 songs come on cut it down to 10 but I enjoyed the album so the other thing yeah. that, I did, uh, that I didn't realise is on on Spotify, but there's a fully instrumental version of Dr. Dre's 2001. So I basically oh, just walked around that. the apartment just doing karaoke at one oh stage this week. Oh my god, those productions. It's amazing. Not so, quite, so not quite karaoke, but I've also been diving back into the Wild Beast Farewell live album last night, All My Dreams Came True. Uh-huh. Uh, the first time I've really kind of sat down and gave it proper time. I, I did a John Peel when I was working on the late shift of the weekend, and I played it twice in a row, and I've listened to it ever since. Uh, it's it's great. I mean, like I agree with some of the criticisms in terms of like I would have lo- with the later stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would have preferred other tracks on there here and there, particularly something like, you know, End Come Too Soon or whatever. Like, you can obviously pick your own. But uh, the highlights are excellent. It sounds great. It sounds kind of raw and cool and like like it was recorded in a room, which it was. And it brings me back to that gig. And I, I got to say, I know people aren't going to agree with me on this one, but I think Wild Beast trumps Kendrick for a gig of the year. Ooh. That's interesting. And yeah, I will co-sign um, your isolation recommendation because I've been listening to that quite a bit. And yes, it is overly long, but there are delights to find within it. Um, yes, I'm going to keep on listening to that. That's it. Check out the podcast on Monday when we talk to Delorentos. And we would have played a Delorento song as Exit Music this week, but it wouldn't make any sense. So I've had to think on my feet. And that's why closing us out this week is, of course, Stardust and Music Sounds Better with you. My name is David William <laughs> so Hannity. <happy. laughs> There's been an encore. See you next week. Check out Monday Delorentos. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs>
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.